Blog Talk Radio. joining us again today. We are on the air every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and we have a television show that is aired in Manhattan, New York City, every Tuesday night at 10.30, though we are trying to get that time slot changed. That's what it is now. So you can... Tune into each of these through our website at www.abetterworld.tv. That's abetterworld.tv. Now, what is this whole A Better World thing all about? Well, what do you think? (laughs) We are here to offer this planet all sentient beings who can hear, and who can speak. The opportunity to participate in their heart, in their mind, through their education, and through action. A way of being part of this community. And this community is really inclusive of everyone. Because everybody in their heart of hearts wants really that, to be part of contributing to a better world. And tonight we're going to give you an opportunity to call in directly to contribute, be it a comment or a message of some sort or a question. Uh, I'll wear several hats depending on the nature of the call. And you may call simply by this number, 602 753-1860. That's 602-753-1860. And, of course, if you're listening live, it will be the most appropriate. But, uh, because you won't be able to call in if you listen in archive. But we know a lot of people listen uh, both. Love hearing the show live every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. I think it's a comfort to many is what I've gathered to know that there is a show called A Better World. People looking out for what you could call the the public good, the common good, the common ground, uh, the welfare of the larger collective. And indeed, that is true. There are people 
I am but one of many. And in fact, that's how I came up with the name of my organization called A Better World and the name of the radio and TV show is A Better World because I know that most fundamentally our lives are part of an ever upwardly spiraling evolutionary flow or process. And no matter what it may look like on the horizontal plane, that is what is happening. And truly, we all know that we pass through cycles where we feel more and at other times less motivated to get up and go, to really engage in a process that will help to turn the wheels of society into a new direction. I know that. We all we all know that. We get sidelined by different activities in our lives, certain obligations, whether they are personal, <clears throat> family, lovers, friends, marriage obligations, work obligations. We get sidelined, sidetracked, sidebarred. We need to pay attention to all of these real living things going on in our lives. At the same time, there's a part of us that wants to contribute directly in some way, shape, or form to moving the wheels of society forward in a direction that will really serve the larger humanity and, for some, all sentient life. Dogs and cats and worms and insects and butterflies and you name it. You know, really, you could say Gaia, the living Mother Earth. And, well, you know, my work as a coach, consultant, stress management, counseling, individual, couples, families, really involves so much inner turmoil, inner conflict, inner questions, inner doubt, self-doubt, issues of confidence and esteem. These are all really the bedrock of our psyche slash society. Because it is the bedrock of our psyche, it becomes then of our society. So if you really want to look at why things are the way they are with the broader landscape of society, our industrial age, our information age, our cyber age, <clears throat> uh, the world of texting and emailing and every single kind of uh, communication service that's out there, if you look at the domain of hacking, if you look at cyber war, you see that all of this is really a function, I submit to you, of human beings being crazed, being stressed, being ill-educated, being miseducated, misinformed, and add it all up together, living in a nuclear world <clears throat> where we are but a trigger away from planetary disaster. Look at Fukushima, look at Chernobyl, look at Hiroshima. We see we are but a hair away from utter oblivion 
because that's what the big governmental powers maintain. They maintain a world that is trigger-happy and sitting on the edge on high alert. What is that, orange or red? And it creates an energy field across the planet that says, beware, watch out, you is in danger. And so what do you think that does to the mind? What does that do to the heart? How does that relate to the performance of our organs? What does it do to our love life, our professional life, and our sex life? Does it have an effect? I say it does. In fact, in my next article in the Huffington Post, indeed, I always forget to mention this. If you go to, I think it's Mitchell J. Rabin at the Huffington Post, I'll get that detail for you right now. Uh, You can read my actually fairly numerous articles there, and it would be a pleasure to have you all weigh in on those. Same thing could be said about my articles at uh, naturalnews.com, which you should also frequent. It's a fabulous, um, a fabulous um, uh, website, full, chock-full of all sorts of information. What is it? Uh, my general archive at the Huffington Post is www.huffingtonpost.com forward slash Mitchell dash J initial dash Rabin, Rabin, R-A-B as in boy, I-N. And indeed, I oftentimes do feel as a boy, as a boy, like, you know the little prince who sits on his planet, Le Petit Prince, that old, wonderful um, story by Saint-Exupéry? Well, it's this prince who sits on his own planet and He's lost in space in a way. He's in his own bubble. And he looks out, well, you should go take a look. Sometimes, indeed, I feel that way. Let me give our phone number here because this is a show dedicated to you, our audience, and any thoughts or feelings you may have and want to share with others of your brothers and sisters that listen in on A Better World. That number is 602 753-1860, 753-1860, 753-1860, Now, I know people are listening, and I want you to know you are truly welcome to call in, share a thought, whether it has to do with something of the day, or a current event, or uh, something personal in your own life that you would like some coaching around, some counsel on, whether that is something regarding your personal life, your intimate life, your professional life, or something that's just doggone bothering you going on uh, in the world. Many people are absorbed with the uh, George Zimmerman Trayvon Martin trial. I mean, oh, CNN is, and all of the details of that. 
What's going on in Egypt is awesome. Uh, Syria continues. We have some 70 skirmishes, conflicts. They don't call them wars anymore. Do you want to know why? Because war is a legal definition. It's a legal term that only Congress can declare. And that limits the president's ability to kind of uh, ebb and flow with the world situation as he would so choose. When it's war, it's kind of a full-on kind of enterprise. And his wings are a bit clipped by Congress. And most presidents don't like that. They actually don't seem to like democracy that much. And so they have manipulated matters in such a way and manipulated language so that they call what's going on armed conflicts or skirmishes or such. And in that way, they wiggle out of legally mandated types of activity that does limit what they can do, where, and to whom. So, unfortunately, we do live in a rather lawless society, or even better, a a two-tiered legal system. One for them, that is Congress and uh, corporate America, I mean corporate 500, and us, we're the other tier. Everyone else, indeed. The number again, 602-753-1860. 602-753-1860. It's sort of like we have all been um, mass-hypnotized to think that what is going on these days is just fine. Oh, yes life as usual but it's not it's not fine we see horrible degradation to our earth we see massive pollution worldwide of our air of our water of our soil it's virtually actually unspeakable what we have done we have soiled our pants And we're running around as though everything is just fine and dandy. But it ain't. It actually stinks to high heaven. And we're stuck and caught in this rut. (sighs) Species are dying. Daily. Species. That it took nature. Tens upon hundreds of thousands of years, in some cases, millions of years to evolve and in some ways biologically perfect. Only for man to come along in the last few thousand years and muck it all up. It's just insane. It's insane. Personally, I believe that people are really quite wonderful and quite committed to happiness and joy and well-being and are here to serve one another their families their brothers and sisters their friends their spouses their community 
And this goes on in every village and town across the planet, truly. And then there is a cabal of people, relatively speaking, exceedingly small in numbers, in mass, very small, but for any number of rather complex reasons have an unwieldy amount of power and control over the various systems of our society. The wheels of our society turn according to their rhythm and their cycle. They've got their hands on the switch, you could say. And therefore, we do become subject to some fairly serious extent to the way they decide to call the shots. Oh, I know this sounds like one thing or another referred to in the deep, far past cult conspiracy. But if anybody is paying any kind of attention, they know that what I'm saying is true. And they don't have to reach out far, but to the Internet to truly confirm and verify it. And there are even notes inside .govs that will confirm this. A really interesting piece of news came my way this morning on Amy Goodman's Democracy Now! By the way, the number, folks, 602-753-1860. Call and interrupt, please, please. Otherwise, I will continue a roll on varying subjects tied together, hopefully, by some fundamental underlying themes. And this morning, uh, Amy was speaking to a gentleman who is part of the defense team for Bradley Manning. And an interesting piece of information came out based on research he did. He took the data that was disclosed that Manning provided WikiLeaks, and he tested for its uh, level of um, confidentiality in terms of actual rank of top secret, secret, partially secret, what have you. Do you know what? Do you know what? Especially interesting, because it is said that Bradley Manning has jeopardized our national security. Some 70 to 80 percent of what was disclosed by WikiLeaks was in the public eye and on government websites disclosed as part of the freedom of information. It was not hidden. It was not top secret. I'm not saying none of it was. But the large mainstay was available to anyone who has access to the Internet on public, even government sites. So what does that do to that case? of Bradley Manning as uh, 
aiding and abetting the enemy. What does it do to that case? Mm. So why are they after him? Mm. Good question. Why are they after the whistleblowers? Edward Snowden left. Drake. Uh, Binney. Both of the NSA. Who were constitutionally astute and were appalled when their colleagues and and um, managers insisted on going around the Constitution. And in fact, that's what happened. And all of these men were prosecuted seriously, very seriously. <clears throat> and the question is, who is really working for who? Is the president's office superior to the Constitution, which is the law of the land, which suggests that members of Congress, members of the various agencies of government, are actually breaking the law by being non-constitutionally astute themselves. By not following the letter of that Constitution, they are in violation of their oath if they took one, and they are in violation of the law of the land. When are people going to get it? I actually think Americans do get it. And I also think that government and the powers in government are really beginning to tremble because they know the word is out. It is out, and you cannot get that genie back in the bottle. And this has repercussions, by the way, for everyone. This is not some particularly politically sensitive group, or it's only about minorities who want to have a say and get so little in the public media. No, 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 no. It's nothing of that sort. This is about everyone's voice, and this has to do with the true national security of our country. And you cannot have national security if you are abrogating the Constitution, which is the law of the land. You cannot have both. True national security occurs when the law of the land is adhered to and abided by. We really have to get this, because they would the propagandists in government, going back many, many moons, but most recently, in recent history, that is, was the Bush-Cheney gang. And uh, they would have us think that we had to deal with a dilemma. Either the breaking of our civil rights, the abrogation of our Constitution, or national security. It's an old game. They knew it back in Greece. They knew it back in Rome. They probably knew it in Egypt and ancient China and India as well. <clears throat> they knew that to control the public, you throw the switch of fear on. Not interfere on. Throw the switch of fear on. And that my friends, will get everybody hopping.
you bet. And people will fall in line like lemmings or sheep or both. And it's a function of the human mind. That's the way it works. It's part of our brain system. It's the fear and flight complex related to the brain stem. Our reptilian brain called that for a reason. And it's got its self-protective function. It's not bad. It's a question of when do we use it, when do we need it, and should we be using it unnecessarily? Should others be using it to control a population? That is what we're really, really wrestling with. So people, when we talk about waking up, and coming to another level of our spiritual awareness. Let's speak about that for a moment. And by the way, anybody can speak with me by calling 602-753-1860. That's 602-753-1860. And part of growing up, Let's take the word spiritual out of that sentence, okay? Because it tends to obfuscate reality. (laughs) Isn't that curious? Let's look at the disillusionment that we experience as we grow up. We're raised on certain ideas, on certain ideals, in fact, oftentimes, of who we are, who our family is, who our uh, leaders are, who our government is. We are raised with an idea of patriotism, even some sense of nationalism and national identity and us versus them, and we are better and they are worse at what we should really ask. But there's this kind of international competitiveness that the Olympics helps to reinforce, as well as trade agreements and you name it. We're the best, we're the biggest, we're the mightiest, all of this stuff. But what kind of world does that really create? It's really a really unstable world. It's not a friendly world. And remember, it was Albert Einstein who posed that question. Is the universe friendly? And how we answer that will give us the life that we live. We'll either live in fear or we will live in love and harmony and friendship. And yes, of course, we can zigzag and seesaw between them. Oh yes, we can. But we have, you could say, a root ideology, a root perspective. That is our default. That's born out of our perception, that foreign belief systems very, very young, early in our lives. And we can take a look at them we can deconstruct them and see what it is that has created our way of thinking. And I say to my clients with whom I work doing individual counseling and coaching and uh, sometimes with couples and families as well, that we are truly the authors of it all. Once we see what's governing us, typically subconsciously, but when we become conscious of it, everything changes. 
It's a new game. Oh, my God, we're not under it. We're on top of it. Indeed, we can become on top of our lives. Windows on the World was the name of that restaurant at the top of the World Trade Center. And you could look down and see. You are on top of it, baby. What a nice feeling. Well, for a while. And we can have that purview in our lives when we take a look at what it is that governs us as best we can, getting on the inside of the inside. And we go, oh my God, that is based on the silliest ideas I had as a child that my mother didn't love me, my mother didn't want to pay attention to me, my father didn't love me, he tried to abandon me, he tried to betray me. What? What parents would actually do that? Very few. But I had the perception that that happened. And that perception grew into a belief system. And that belief system was too painful to really keep conscious. So it went subconscious underneath the threshold of consciousness. And there it stayed, and there it remained, but there it also sustained. And it kept us in lockstep in a certain way in our lives. So there was a glass ceiling about where we can go and what we can think and what is our level of freedom freedom, and when we see it, the bets are off. We change our relationship to our own mind, which is a way of saying to our own lives, to our own bodies, to our own environment, everything gets softer, easier, gentler, freer. We become liberated. And we can become liberated oftentimes so curiously through disappointment, through being disillusioned with the other people's actions toward us, not toward us. We never know what it will be that will trigger a moment of sadness, of disillusionment, of disappointment. Don't make it bad. Suspend all judgment here on planet Earth, that would be best. You are listening to Mitchell J. Rabin on A Better World on a Rant. Oh, yes. And that's because none of you has yet stepped up to the plate to join me in intercourse. Verbal, intellectual intercourse, folks. That's today's invitation to talk about what it is that forms us and in that way helps us form the world around us. We are on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and we can be heard either by phone at 602-753-1860, where you can call in right now and talk with me, or you can go to world. TV, a better world TV. And while there, join the newsletter. Get the newsletter. It's free. And typically we do have guests on A Better World Radio. 
And every so often, I like to clear the decks and just share my thoughts directly with you and open the gates for you to share your thoughts directly with me. So it ain't just a one-way street, but two-way. And yes, there can be collisions, but oh, there could be a lot of fun. So I really do invite you. I really do. 602-753-1860. Now, I have learned from our stats that most people do listen in archive. I know that. But typically we have a good number of people also listening live from, interestingly, different parts of the world. Well, you know, some of the people in the far reaches do listen in archive because, you know, time zones and all of that. But we have people listening regularly um, from the U.K., from Europe, Bali, um, I believe China and Russia and across this country, Canada, etc. And it's really heartening because the show isn't called A Better America. It's called A Better World. And America is part. And we want to have a good America. America holds a beacon. It always has, I should say. But now that light is dimming because of our poor leadership. Oh, it is poor. It is, I will say, awful. I will also say it's not leadership, except if you want to call leadership down the rabbit hole um, into the dungeon, because that's where it's leading. This is bad news. Talk about climate change. Talk about greening the economy. But, oh, so little action, so few tax credits, so few true public support, federal support, for same. Talk about freedom. Talk about human rights. Yet, Guantanamo, hello, force-feeding prisoners, what's free about that? Why is that upholding virtue? Or, you know, the new consideration uh, for the head of the FBI who signed letters okaying waterboarding, waterboarding, and torture. Well, what kind of America is this? This is not our America. And thankfully, there is a big movement afoot, a bit scattered, a bit disparate, but the energy is truly building. And I'll tell you, we see what's gone on with this Arab Spring and what's resurging in Egypt and all this. Americans are more wedded, unfortunately, to their couch than they are to action. And there are many kinds of action, and some of that action can actually be even at your computer with uh, cyber activism. It's real. It's good. Other activism is the phone. Oh, I've marched in many marches over the years, that's for sure. I personally, it's not my way. My way is actually doing what I can to affect change in different domains. Number one, personally, in people's lives with my uh, counseling work and coaching work. And number two, uh, cyber activism, for sure. Writing letters, calling senators, 
governors and the like. Number three, I am very involved in in promulgating the use of energy medicine and holistic thinking in health and wellness and pushing forward a wellness model instead of the pathology model, what modern medicine has to offer. Oh, it is a sad model. And it's unscientifically sound, by the way, folks. It is not sound. It is economically laden, burdened, and corrupted. This is so. This is sad. This this um, subjugates all of us to inferior help. And we think that we are the leader in the world? Well, the stats show very different in virtually every domain. Every domain. We may have more money per capita, and that's even in question, but that would just be probably because of the Federal Reserve Bank and because the largest uh, financial institutions happen to be domiciled on Wall Street and in the U.S. And they mainly, mainly print their own money. They've got private deals and they make derivative deals and, you know, they just do whatever they want so they've got a lot of dollars. But that certainly doesn't make them rich. It gives them money on paper, but rich wealth, oh my, that is actually a different domain. And it's not material, but immaterial in essence. And this is a message I really want people to get. The riches of the planet are not found in gold and diamonds and what are called precious metals. It's the preciousness of the human heart and mind. It's the preciousness, as the Buddhists would say, of the human birth. This is where preciousness will be found. This is where true sterling and a golden aura will be found. This is where our sacred nature, our divine selves, will be found. No amount of money, for sure. No amount of material wealth will ever equal it. Yet, material wealth is there to be its servant, to be used wisely and prudently and thoughtfully and compassionately for the sake of beings. Yes, for the sake of beings. All beings. All sentient life forms. Make sense? You get it? One is not the driver. The other is. We have it reversed. We have it where material wealth is considered the most important when it is not. And traditional cultures, indigenous cultures, have always known this. Yeah, there were some people who forgot. Yeah, 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 that's true. Most know it and remembered. And we've got to get our whole society back to that as the norm. That is the norm. That is the restoration of sanity, my friends. Because in such case, we will not allow such madness and insanity as war. It just won't happen. It's not in the cards when you're being sane. And sane comes from the word sanus, from the Latin, which means health. It doesn't just mean mentally sane, it means physically sane. That means physically healthy. That means eating healthy foods. 
That means avoiding GMOs, genetically modified organisms. It means avoiding fast foods and processed foods. It means avoiding the microwave, and if you have one, get rid of it carefully, sort of like you would get rid of uh, mercury. It's dangerous like that. Um, and you lead uh, a healthy life style. You just do it. Do you know what it is? You bet you know. It's healthy. It's fun-ridden. It's joyful. You drink a lot of fresh, delicious, pure, filtered water. You eat fresh, natural, live foods. You know? Oh, yes. Cook some. I personally think it's okay to eat a lot of different things. I'm not a vegetarian, although I see there are certain values of that. The vegetarians I know aren't that greatly healthy, personally. But if you don't, if you eat meat or poultry, you better be real careful about what you put in your body in those regards. Real careful. Like grass-fed and organic and all of that. You've got to be extremely mindful. But a little bit of poison doesn't really kill. A lot of poison does. I'll be having a guest on in another period of time named Mark Lovendale, who wrote a book called Quality Longevity. Very interesting. He was a NASA scientist, aeronautics engineer, who got really interested in nutrition. One of the things he cites in his book uh, that I am pouring through a massive opus is the oldest woman on record was a French woman, 122 years old, who ate everything. She did not have a healthy uh, dietary regimen. Uh-uh. Lots of fat, lots of cholesterol. She's French. What do you think she's going to eat? Smoked cigarettes until she was about 117 or something like that. Anyway, it's not your standard ideal of what you think the healthy lifestyle would be. But she laughed. She loved. She loved life. She embraced it every day. She was happy to be alive. Her attitude, her attitude moved her through to a life of great joy and, in fact, great health and outlived many a vegetarian, which she was not. So there are these paradoxes, these ironies, riddling our society, riddling. So while I very much believe in healthy eating, and lots of exercise. I believe in doing both with joy in the heart and fun. And having the right attitude, I think the best remedy for a healthy life is laughter and love and joy. And compassion and a sense of service to others. It just brings meaning. So laugh, love, and meaning to distill it. You bet. You bet. Really great dietary regimen. 
This is Mitchell J. Raven on A Better World. We are on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Today is a show that is open, open, and I am ranting and raving and probably rambling, but I hope you can follow. There is a through line. It is meaningful, and if you follow that yellow brick road, you will have a lot of fun when you get to Oz, let me tell you. You can hear our show weekly or go into the radio archive, either at blogtalkradio.com or at abetterworld.tv. We have all of our shows going back many, many moons. We have been at this, folks, for over 20 years. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary on the air in New York City just a couple of months back. And we were also fundraising. So if you are of a mind and if you love what you do here on these here radio waves, please, if you would, go to our website and it says donate and donate anything you can afford from $10 to 10000 We welcome it all. And there are people who are listening who can afford 10000 if it's going to be anywhere over 500, actually, please call us and um, come on in. No, send a check or something of that sort or wire because uh, the fees that uh, PayPal takes out would be onerous, onerous. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't get it. So, and for that, our number is 212 420 0800. For donations and where to mail large checks, 212-420-0800. But in fact, we understand there are people who are well-to-do, there are people who are wealthy, there are people who are super wealthy who listen to this show, and there are people who are just in between it all, you know, the 90%. And 20 bucks might even be a stretch, 15 or 10 might be just fine your sweet spot. That's okay. It's a mass movement. And we want to perpetuate media like this on the air. Why? Because we want to restore our healthy way of life. And we cannot have a healthy way of life if people on top, so to speak, are making decisions that are adversely and onerously affecting, heinously, adversely affecting, perniciously affecting our lives. Was that enough of an adjective for you? Okay. And adverb. So we look from the bottom up and the top down. We look from the inner to the most outer. It's all important. Look, we know how we're affected by the weather. Take a look at that inner-outer relationship. But we're also looking to create a way of being that is free from the conditions of our lives. All of them, while knowing that we are affected by our conditions. The only way to know that, the only way to become free from conditions is to know that you're affected by conditions, influenced, shaped, formed all the time sometimes even defined. So, to step out of that, one has to first see it. Having seen it, 
one can go back inside and go, oh, my God, look at that. Look at that. And, like I was circling around to earlier, take a good hearty laugh. Laugh at oneself. When one starts to see one's own one's own reactions to things, uh, one can begin to get leverage on them and get, as I was talking about, the World Trade Center uh, restaurant at the top, windows on the world, one starts to get windows on oneself and say, oh my God, that reaction is ridiculous. That use of language is absurd. I don't really want that to be part of me anymore. I am going to hereby... Let go of it. I am going to release it out into the outer spheres and out, out them spot. Be free. How cool. We can be the masters of what it is we decide to be free from. Wow. Heavy. Cool. But in its being heavy, I start to feel more light. Interesting. Interesting. So these are the relationships. When I serve others, I start to feel better myself. But I'm serving others. That's right. What an interesting arrangement this God created. For us to be at our happiest, we are serving others. In some way, shape, or form. It could be our spouse. It could be our son. It could be our friend. It could be our mother or father. It could be our neighbor. It could be a, what we call a stranger. What a strange word. <laughs> Not to be redundant, but it is a strange word. It's a stranger. What, was he part of the same uh, uh, genus, same species? Yes. What makes him so strange? He's from another part of the world. Oh, maybe he's a different color, shape, form. Morphology, language group. Oh, oh my God, you're kidding me. So it's really incumbent upon us to recognize as, who was it, Will Rogers who said, anyone who is a stranger is just a friend I haven't yet met or befriended. What a more sane way of thinking. And remember what sane means. Healthy, healthy. And we want to restore health to our planet. We want to restore health to our thinking, to our emotional life, and to our body. And that comes from feeling a passion for life. And we do things that have meaning. Maybe we have a job. Maybe we have a job that we go to every day that just just doesn't do it for us. We feel like we're wasting our time. Well... I make a recommendation that's double-fold. One is, either find something that you really love and turns you on and go do it and figure out a way to make money at it, or change your mind about your job and own it and really make it wonderful. Whether it's your colleagues, your peers, or your boss, or your customers or clients that drag you down, well, if you're selling missiles, you know, I can understand how that could put a real damper on your day. But for most people in most places, you know, they're serving food 
That's a big market these days. Or they're selling clothing. Or they're working in an office, among many others. And oh, maybe the work itself could be considered and properly called boring. Okay, let's grant that. However, there's always walking over, strolling to the water cooler. There's always doing little exercise with your shoes off under your desk where you wiggle your toes and you wiggle your fingers so you don't get carpal tunnels as well. There are ways of telling yourself and your, your uh, <laughs> what, do call, what do they call those, uh, cubicle neighbor, a joke. Or you can reflect on, you know, what's in the news. And that's always good joke material. It's comedy, man, staring us in the face. It's all a question of how you look at it. You got it? It's us. We are shaping our world with our mind, with our eyes, with our ears, and how we process information. How do we process information? Do we think it? Do we feel it? Are we like Dr. Spock? What is it? How do we get leverage on our lives, on our health, on our well-being, on the way we think, you know, uh, there are philosophers who for many years have been studying thinking. Now neuroscientists are doing it. Was heißt Denken? Martin Heidegger. What is this thing called thinking? What is thinking? Well, it's a darn good question. And it's a very human enterprise that we all ought to become consciously familiar with. We can even deconstruct it. What is language? Another good question. These are the fundaments, the elements of our lives, and when we really take them apart, we can start to understand what it is we bloody mean or what it is we're saying on deeper levels of resonance with our consciousness, perhaps with the level of soul. That's a whole other direction. I want to keep us on the on the uh kind of the easier side simply by engaging people to think for themselves and act for themselves and be easy and gentle with themselves and others. We know so little of what really comprises this life. Being humble, experiencing humility in the midst of it all in the face of it all, is a really appropriate attitude. And, oh, yeah, we get on our high on our high horse. And let's have fun up there, man. Let's have a little fun. Let's just not fall. Let's bring ourselves down, ourselves, before we're brought down. And get down, kiss the earth. After all, the word humility, if I'm not mistaken, comes from Hum, in ancient Greek, C-H-U-M, where we get the word humus, and I think it might even be connected to the word katonic, not katonic, katonic, C, is it C-T-H-O-N-I-C, I'm going to have to look that up, I haven't looked at that word in a long time, and of or pertaining to the earth. So humbleness, humility are related to this root. 
and it's appropriate for human beings because we obviously so clearly know so little. That we can be clear about, how little we know. And we may well pride ourselves on what we do know. You know, the programming of a computer and understanding certain laws of physics and and expanding those laws into something called global scaling. I mean, there are awesome things going on based on our knowledge and sense of invention and creativity. Oh, yes, it is gorgeous. And there is much that can be done, and we're best off serving solutions. But the solution is never going to be fully technological. Never. It's going to involve us advancing our own inner craft, which is the root of the word technology, techne, craft or skill from the Greek, technologos, logos, which means the word. You get it? The logic. So we are the ones who control the craft or the technique or the technology. And we must craft ourselves and employ skillful means, as we say in Sanskrit, upaya, in order to relate to each other in the most skillful of ways. So we interact without offending. We can nudge without alienating. We can get our point across with some level of humility. We can tell a joke. We can make fun. We can play and get all of our hormones going. Im- improve our immune system all at the same bloody time. It's awesome the way we can affect our health with our minds. Yes. And needless to say, do all the things that mommy and daddy taught you to do. Eat well, brush your teeth, drink plenty of fluids, okay, sleep, get a full seven, eight hours of sleep, you know, exercise abundantly, more fun than exercises, play sports, dance, sing, have fun. We are in the midst of an utterly crazy world, utterly crazy, and we can still enjoy, party, in a healthy sense. Celebrate, you bet. Honor, admire, acknowledge. Acknowledge each other for the good that we do in this world. What we do to help one another. You know, Maimonides, the great Jewish doctor, said that to help one is to help the world. Serve one, serve the world. And I believe it's true. We have this macro-micro relationship. We have what is known as a fractal relationship with all things. It's a truly holistic perspective. So if we are helping a friend or a family member or a spouse with something, learning a new language um, or massaging an aching shoulder or preparing a dinner or making a bed 
or washing the floor, all of this, taking a stroll. If it's done with the right attitude, you have done what we call in Hebrew a mitzvot. A mitzvah, actually. Mitzvot is plural. We have done a good. And God says, it is our obligation to do good. It is our obligation. In the United States, we talk about rights. I spent a little time in Israel at a yeshiva, no less, many moons ago. Very interesting. No, I'm no longer a card-carrying Orthodox Jew. No. I did that for a part of a summer, and that was enough. Thank you very much. And it gave and conferred great benefit, for which I am thankful. And I learned some things that stick to me to this day, like what I'm saying now. In the United States, the rabbis were saying one fine day, all we can think of is our rights. It's my right to stand here. It's my right to stand there. It's my right to, to demonstrate peacefully. And that's true. All of that is true, and it's very important. But now let's also look at what are my obligations. My obligation is to serve humanity. My obligation is to be good to those I know. It's to be good to people I don't know. It's to be good. It's also to be happy. It's my obligation to be happy, to be joyful, to feel love, to be compassionate to serve others. These are all ways of serving others. When you, you open the door for somebody and let them walk in first, what a moment to express love. Nonverbal. Just the act. Make it conscious. And you've made a friend. This is Mitchell J. Raven. I am hoping that you all enjoyed this wild rant from one subject to another, but you've noticed, I do hope you noticed, there's an underlying theme beneath it all, throwing it all together into a form of cloth with integrity. And that's what we want. We want integrity in our lives. We want a sense of dignity, integrity, happiness, well-being, being true to our word, this is what we want. And this, unfortunately, is so missing in so much of the larger picture when it comes to governance or even behavior in a family. And it's time to get that corrected. So let's compassionately help each other do that. Please join us. Every week on Wednesday, spread the word, forward this link to others. Join our newsletter at www.abetterworld.net or .tv. Join us at Facebook at uh, A Better World Media or Mitchell J. Rabin or Twitter, what is it, at A Better World or something like that. Uh, and... Tune into Huffington Post. Tune into Natural News. Uh, every week, just about every week, we've got a blog on the newsletter. It's a lot of fun to be had. I'd love for you to be part of it. I so appreciate your being part of it, those of you who are every week. And uh, this is Mitchell J. Rabin signing off. 
And here comes the Mozart to say goodnight now. I'll see you next week.